Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Path. I'm your host, Luke Hastings, and today is part two of the epic dating episode with Mel New of If You Know, You Know Dating. Now, in the first episode, for you guys who listened to that already, which if you haven't, you definitely should, it was more about the flirty, kind of fun, introductory part of dating, chatting with the person, attraction dynamics, that sort of thing. This second part is really a bit deeper. It's more about vetting. It's more about are you positioning yourself mentally and emotionally and sort of with your life purpose to attract the right type of person? And how do you go about doing that? So this one is extremely practical and we get into some principles that are really gonna help a man or a woman start positioning themselves to attract the right type of person into their lives. I also, I remember this guy who was, we were like DMing and he made it evident that he was interested in me. And I was like, oh yeah, I'd be interested in getting to know you too. And then he's like, well, ask me any question. I'm an open book. I just didn't even know what to say. I was just like, and we live in the same city. And so I was just like, I don't even know how to respond to that. Because at this point, I don't even really want to go on a date because I'm just like, so like, what do you mean? Like, and yeah, I don't even know. I, don't do that. Um, <laughs> That's the moral of the story. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. And because it's like, she wants to feel like you are trying to invest in her. You're trying to get to know her. Um, now, there's ways to be like, you know, Go, go do too much or, you know, go too far. But you, again, guest and host, like a host would never be like, ask me any questions or like, you know, you, you need to be the forward. I think of it also like energy, like you're like the, um, like, I think of it like a clean, like in surfing, they always say like, there's like a cleanup set that comes and it pushes everything forward. It's like, that's what you are. Like, she's kind of just like standing there. And if you want the relationship to move forward, you need to move it forward and push it forward. And so yeah. she's like, Oh yeah, I'd love to hang out or I'd love to whatever. And then, but if you're waiting for her to move it forward, she's waiting for you to, to like drag her along, but you know, to push her along. Yeah. Um, and that's how it should be. And, you know, she's responding enthusiastically. She's giving you confirmation that she wants this, that she's having a good time. Like that's the ro woman's role to let her know, let them know that like, Hey, keep doing this. I like this. But right. um, but if you're sitting back and waiting for the woman to give you like the thumbs up, you may not always get that. And you'll probably lose a lot of chances because a lot of women like they're willing to try something out. A lot of them. And if they're not like they're not for you, you like you have to be OK with getting rejected. It's just part mm -hmm. of it. Yeah, it's uh, the thumbs up deal. I think Will Smith said it really well in Hitch. Mm. It's like you have to go 90 and she goes, yes. yes, like he nailed it with that, man. I mean, he, he did. didn't nail it with Jada. He's not doing well there, but <sighs> he nailed it with that one. It's like, no, you have to yeah. go 90. And then she goes the last 10 because yeah. you can't go 100 because now you're mm -hmm. now you're controlling. But yeah. going 90 is taking the lead. And then her going 10 is that thumbs up. Of like, yeah, this is good. Yeah. And she feels so. the best and you're going to end up feeling the best anyway, because you're going to have like ownership of that relationship. Yeah. And it's, it's going to be scary because you're like, what if she doesn't like it or what if she doesn't, but the, the ironic, like kind of like paradoxical thing is that if she doesn't feel that intensity from you, 
if she's healthy and she doesn't feel that intensity from you, it's going to be hard for her to be attracted to you. There's got to be some like, like, I don't want to use the word penetrative because that's so sexual in nature, but like, you know, that type of force coming towards her, it's exciting. And it's, it's like, whoa, like this is a man who's pursuing me. But if, if you don't, then it just feels like a little boy or it feels like a little scared dog. And you're like, ew, I'm not attracted to that. Um, but then I think a lot of guys, they don't want to be seen as like a creep. What do you tell guys for that? Because it can sometimes be creepy if they're like too far, too much, right? So how yeah. do you, what do you tell guys when they're like, I don't want to be like a creep? I think the guys who are probably afraid of being a creep are probably not going to be a creep. Usually it's the guys who are not afraid of it. That usually are that tone deaf that they would come off as creepy, but I mean, you're not going to be creepy. You might be awkward though. Like, sorry, you might be awkward. You might overdo it, underdo it. She might think you're creepy sometimes. Like a big thing that I do with guys to unlock is like go through their fears And then look at those fears and say, okay, bro, to be honest, a lot of those could happen. I won't lie to you. Like, yep, you could come off as creepy. Yep, it could be awkward. Yep, it could be a big embarrassing rejection. So are you you in or not? Like, Mm -hmm. are you going to go for it? Is that worth it to you? Like, do you trust that God is going to take care of you through that, that you're going to be okay, that you're going to learn something? Because I'm not going to pretend like those things won't happen. They will. There's no easy out sometimes. Hmm. But, and this is what I follow up with is like, hey, dude, the type of woman you want is going to want a man that's willing to take those risks. Hmm. So it's up to you. That's good. I had a thought for you earlier. Really like what you said about giving your power away Hmm. as a woman. And men do this too. My coach, um, I had an executive coach a few years ago, and he said, uh, he got me on this idea of where you place blame is where you give control. Hmm. It's like another way of saying what you're saying. It's like, I love that. If you're going to blame the modern dating market, Hmm. then great. You're giving your control, the control of your dating to the market. Like, that's not a good idea. (laughs) Wow. That's so good. I know. I know. It stuck with me this whole time. And I, I talk to guys about it all the time. It's like, hey, I hear you blaming these things. Just understand anything you blame, you're giving control to. Right? Mm. I just hear sometimes from guys like, oh, these girls just don't want to commit out here. These girls, there's just the girls. Like, they're just, yeah. What do you say to those guys? Are you like, suck it up? Shut up. Mm. Yeah, no, definitely not that. Uh, I think there's too much of that in the masculine space. Mm. That'll get me on another soapbox for another day. (laughs) But I mean, that is the end point that they need to get to, but how they get there needs to be a process. It doesn't just need to be a slap in the face. um, If we want emotionally whole men anyways. But um, yeah, I think a lot of times when I hear those complaints from guys, I just ask them, Hey, what are you looking for in a relationship? Hmm. If you found the perfect woman tomorrow, how soon could you marry her? And that's typically Mm. as far as I get, because then they expose themselves. Mm. And it's like, oh, so you don't really know what type of woman you want, and you wouldn't be ready for marriage within the next year. So are you surprised that women don't want to commit to you? Oh. You're not putting out that energy. What are you expecting to get back? Right? 
And then they're like, well, okay, fine. I just, you know, I, I want a girlfriend. I want to have a companion. But okay, you want, that's fine. That's, I get it. But you also want the type of woman that you want to marry, but you're not ready to marry her. So, <laughs> well, what Dang. are we doing? Yeah, it's like, I feel called out and I'm not all. even a dude. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's where coaching is helpful. Mm-hmm. If not coaching, then like a self aware, wise friend or mentor. Yeah. The the thing I tell guys is it's impossible to read the label if you're inside the bottle. Hmm. So like we're all in our own bottles and sometimes we don't know what's on our labels and it takes somebody yeah. asking some questions like, Hey, let's look at the ingredients here and and then ask again, why we're not getting the results we want. It's like, well, maybe you're not ready for the results you want, you know? That's so good. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Um, it's the, the medicine is not always yummy, but it's always helpful. Mm. Um, yeah, I can see how that'd be very helpful for a lot of men. I mean, I think a lot of it is like asking the questions and, you know, trying to get them to, like you said, expose themselves of like, well, what's the real issue here? Um, yeah. What if they say, but I am ready to get married. Like, yeah, I just feel like I just can't find the one. Yeah. Well, I typically will ask them, hey, do you feel like you have a clear purpose that's driving your life that you wake up every day excited to pursue? Or is it more of a generic faith, family, finances, fitness, but mm. nothing that you have a clear vision for? Um, and I never find guys ever who tell me that they're clear on their purpose and are not having a lot of women in their life. Yeah. Um, of course, not in a player kind of way, but just yeah. a healthy amount of attractive women interested in them. That doesn't happen to guys who, or let me make sure I say that the right way. A man who tells me that he is clear and connected on that purpose will have those women attracted to him. Guys, it's true. <laughs> I can confirm. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, the concept of submission, I think, is really messed up. And mm. even in, like, my traditional masculine circles that I run in on Instagram, it's really messed up. Uh, but it's very much a conscious decision that a woman makes. It's, mm -hmm. it's a power play in and yeah. of herself to say, I'm going to delegate a lot of the executive functions of my life to another mm -hmm. human and allow me to double down on you know, what I can give as a woman and like the two become one and it's very efficient and effective that way. But it's like a decision that she makes. It's not yeah. something that she's like forced into, you know what I mean? It, it has yeah. to be an eyes wide open kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And that word submission uh, comes like the root word is sub coming up under, coming up underneath and then mission, mm -hmm. uh, which is like a big picture goal and vision. And it's mm -hmm. like, dude, you're looking for a queen, but you're not a king. Like a king has a mission. A king has something uh, he's about, right? Mm -hmm. And if you don't have that, then how is a woman going to submit to like, there's no mm -hmm. mitt to submit to? Like, what are you doing? Right. So that's that's a big one because without that purpose, without that driver, what I see a lot of guys run into is like, oh, well, well my purpose is just to, you know, get in shape and get my finances right, and then get married, and then have kids. It's like, no, those are milestones along the way. Mm. 
Like your if your mission is a milestone, then once you get to that milestone, your motivation's gonna fall apart. Wow. And that could be said for a lot of women too. They just want to get that MRS and it's like, right. Okay. But then what? Cause right. you think that that's going to fulfill you and it won't, mm-hmm. it will not. Right. Yeah. So you got to have some more depth to you than that, which is why I typically recommend men do find a woman that's a little bit ambitious mm-hmm. because if, if her whole existence is to get married, then once she gets married, she's going to have a similar issue of like, wait a minute, this isn't everything that I dreamed it would be because it won't be. Right. You know, I've there's got to be some depth to it. Totally. And something that I even reflect on is the times in my life where I... So I'll back up a little bit. When I was like 27, I had like my first like serious relationship. And I remember when we broke up, I had this just huge sense of loss. Like, obviously I lost the boyfriend, but I felt like, oh my gosh, all my dreams, all my hopes, all my, you know, this is before I really stepped into like my, like God-given ambition um, fully. And I was like, dang, I was thinking like, well, once I get married, then I can start a business. Then I can, you know, try selling these things that I make. Then I can try, you know, making, um, like something is so silly is like working with power tools and like figuring it out because I need a guy to help me or like go fishing, you know, things that I'm like, I need a guy to help me with these things. And then I don't know, I just had this like epiphany where I was like, wait a minute, like, actually, I do have a provider. I have a provider from about like God is my provider. Because before yeah. I was like, I'm not going to have a provider. And that was so empowering to me. And I was like, wait a minute, I can do these things. Like, God's going to put people in my life to help me because he loves me and he cares about me and he wants to provide for me. So I remember I just like was on a kick of like, okay, what am I scared of? Like, I'm going to go after that. So it was first like selling these like crafts that I made. And I was like, I can do this. And then I like, I don't know, I like was like, I'm going to learn how to use like power tools because I've always wanted to do that. So I did. And then I remember I was like on my vision board, I was like, I'm going to go fishing like by myself with another girl. So I like asked my dad, I was like, what do I need to get? Like, help me out here. And I just like figured it out. And it was so empowering. And I was like, I don't, I know I don't ever want to swing to the side of like, I don't need a man. Like I can actually do everything by myself. This is great. Um, but it was, it was so big. And I, and I even now, like the other day I could even feel it. I was like, okay, I'm feeling like really wanting a relationship, you know, different times. I mean, like, you know, we, if you want to be married, you're going to have that desire, but there's going to be times you feel it stronger. And it almost always is when I am lacking connection in my life and I'm lacking like a clear direction of where I want to go with my life. Yeah. It's like such an easy go-to of like, if only I had a husband, it'd be so much better. Like he could help me figure this out, right. which maybe, but also it's like, I'm really like, I'm lacking in these areas of um, or even contentment in Christ. Now, I'm not saying when you're content in Christ, you're not going to want a relationship because I think that's bogus. But right. I do know that that's when I like crave this relationship more because mm-hmm. this uncertainty around my life, around what am I going to do, or like around money too. Like if you know, one month I don't get as many like clients. You know, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, if I had a husband, then I wouldn't have to worry about finances, which again is baloney because you're going to have times where you're you definitely are going to worry about finances. And so I think even just for the listeners to like keep that in mind and like ask yourself, like, what am I actually missing right now in my life? Or what am I 
what do I need more of in my life? Am I connecting with my friends? Am I connecting with God? You know, do I feel like I have a purpose in my life? Am I, what am I scared of? Cause so much of it is driven by fear. Um, and then you can kind of recalibrate and be like, okay, you know, like I do still want a relationship. I want to get married, but I don't actually need this to function in my life and move forward. Yeah. Yeah. Some big key words there. I want to harp on it does almost sound sacrilegious to say, I don't need a man. Mm. If you're a Christian woman, it's like, oh, she yeah. said what? She said feminist. she didn't need a man. <laughs> oh, so she's basically a feminist. Well, it's like, hey, right. wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We have biblical examples of women who were single and yeah. did well. We have modern historical examples as well of single women. Like I would argue you don't need a man. And single men don't need a woman necessarily. God might have that in the plan for you. And you'll know that on the wedding day when you say your vows, but not before. Mm. And until then, you need to recognize that if you are single, then you don't need a man. You don't need a woman. God is all you need because that's what he's given you at this moment. Mm. And it is only once you can embrace that fully that you can start to parse out to your point and be self-aware and say, why am I feeling this intense like need for a relationship right now? Okay, but it's because I'm not fulfilling those desires in the God-given means that he's provided for me in this season, right? Yeah. Because when I am fulfilling those things in the ways that God has provided, then I can start to want a relationship but not need one, right? Mm-hmm. And that's how I'm going to be able to get it is from a position of want, not need. True. True. I want to put a little bit of nuance to that because I have found that a lot of women and men, but I think more women, they are scared because I'm mostly like I, I mostly like preach or teach on like, hey, get out there, find a guy. You're never going to be fully ready, you know, Um, because I think there are so many um, like what you said, I completely agree with. And I think that it can be used as an excuse because of the fear to not engage, to not engage because then I might get hurt. And so they're like, I just don't think I'm ready yet. I don't think. And, and I do think the healthiest way would be, Hey, you are getting your needs met through close friendships of the same gender and you're serving at church and you have your life mission, um, you know, and you have your great quiet times. But that's not life. You know, like we go through ups and downs and we're right. not perfect. And, you know, there's going to be times where, you know, we're, we're feeling these things that maybe we didn't, we wish we weren't feeling. And I always want to encourage people that that's not necessarily a sign that you need to take a step back. No, it might no. be, but I think there's so much of like, I'm going to take a year off of dating. Now, if the Lord <laughs> told you that, please, by all means, do it. Right. But like would it could it be possible that you could be obeying god and you're still in the game like you're still you know and you're still working out your salvation you're still figuring it out because i also think of it this way of like friendship you know friendship is a good thing it's from the lord now it would be silly to be like man i'm feeling this really intense need for a friend to be there for me and but that's probably because i'm not filling up in other areas which could be true, then I should take a step back from friendship because I don't want to be idolizing friendship. Mm -hmm. I was like, 
no, you actually do. Like friendship is a good thing from the Lord. And yes, right. you can also be idolizing it. And so at least I look at that with relationships because it's going to come up sooner or later. Like it's you're, it's going to be exposed and you can work on it as you're in a relationship, as you're dating. You mm -hmm. don't need to always take a complete step back because we do have a, a timeline. You know, marriage is a good thing from God. And so it's like, especially, you know, if people were getting married in their teens, they're for sure not figured, they've not figured it all out. They're not financially stable. They probably don't even have a mission in their life, you know? Right. And so even like, I mean, I think dating is going to be hard for a man who doesn't have a mission in his life in his thirties or forties, because women are looking for men who are like that. You probably would have had better luck in your teens, not having a mission in life, but it's right. still not always a reason to like not be in the dating game because 100%. you're like, I have to figure it all out beforehand. Um, and that's what I think a lot of Christians are running into where mm -hmm. they're like, I have to get it all perfect before I even put myself in the game yeah. instead of being like, you're going to learn as you go. <laughs> 100%. That's something that we never said, but something that a lot of Christians might come away with unless yeah. you would have just clarified that because that's the temptation. And of course you mm -hmm. alluded to it, but it's fear-based. It's like, yeah. I'm going to use my fear to create this rule that nobody told me I needed, which is mm -hmm. I have to get perfect first. <laughs> it's like, no, yes. <laughs> no, you don't like, you'll never get there all the way. So mm -mm. it's just something to be mindful of as you go, right? right? To work yeah. on as you go. I made a reel about that a while back was like, no, don't don't sit there and work on yourself for five years and then date. Like as a man, if you, what I tell guys is if you're like within a year away of being able to be a provider, you're good to go. Like mm -hmm. go date if you're if you're close to that. Like having that provider capability, then go for it. Just understand that like you may not have immediate success, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't try. Yeah, totally. Hey, y'all, just wanted to take a moment and thank the sponsor of today's episode, which is myself. This show is actually a part of the Narrow Way Man brand, which is my online outlet to provide wisdom, motivation, and practical guidance for modern men. I've been blessed to take part in incredible transformations and breakthroughs with younger and middle-aged men who are in a season of crisis or a season of stagnation and are ready to make a big change, but are fed up with trying irrelevant churchy principles or recycled secular strategies that are void of biblical foundations. If you are a man who is truly ready to take responsibility and break out of your current plateau, there is a link in the show notes to apply for a coaching program. Thanks again for listening, and let's get back to the show. For men or for women, how would you help someone become self-aware enough to realize that their standards are too high? Or is that even possible? <laughs> I personally have never ran into somebody who has too high of standards, in my opinion. Okay. Um, because the people who are asking, are my standards too high, are typically self-aware. And I'm like, no, honey, you want him to ask you about your day? No, that's not that's not too high of a standard. You want to feel some type of sexual connection, like not connection, um, attraction towards him? No, yeah. that's not too high of a standard. You know, like you want to actually be attracted to your, no, not too high of a standard. You know, I also think once you meet the person that you like, so many standards go out the window anyway. Like we've all been there. 
tell me, listeners, we've all been there where you know this person is not the best you can do, but you love him, but you like her, but she's, I just want to be with them. Like, no, I think if anything, keep your standards high. And um, what I think we need to be careful of is excuses of just looking at what your excuses are potentially to say no to somebody. Because I know for me, I... I didn't like somebody for a really long time. And then I started like being like, maybe I, maybe I do like them. But then I kept running into these reasons as to why it wouldn't work out or why they weren't what I wanted. And they were very superficial reasons. And they were really more deep rooted, like insecurities of mine where I'm like, well, maybe he's not like, you know, you know, like, for example, if somebody didn't grow up with a lot of finances, if somebody is not super well off financially, it can yeah. be really easy to be like, well, he's not very financially well off because it's a fear in them that like, I'm, I'm going to be without because I was impo- like impoverished growing up. And so, you know, he, he could be making a lot of money at some point, especially if he's a hard worker and he's smart with money. That's what you want to be looking for. So mm-hmm. it's really like you need to ask yourself, like, are you overlooking things? Are you trying to make excuses for why it's not going to work out? But also at the end of the day, if you don't feel it, you don't feel it and you don't want it. And so it's like, you really can't force those things. So I would just say like, stay reflective, but I've just never met somebody who has actual unrealistic standards who are open to hearing, do I, or asking, do I have unrealistic standards? Now the people who actually have those, they they don't want to hear it. They're like, you know what I mean? They're not even asking like, are these a little unrealistic? <laughs> They're just like, oh no, like she has to blah, 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 blah. Case closed. <laughs> what are your Great thoughts? point. No, that's awesome. <laughs> that's really, really good. Because yeah, the people who are wondering if they have, that's, that reminds me of something we said earlier in the conversation. It's like, yeah, if you're worried about this, then it's probably not you. Yeah. If you're not worried about it, you maybe should... <laughs> ask a friend. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think that type of like generalization is always good, but you know, there are people who overthink, you know, and so right. they yeah. they will always ask questions and maybe they really do have unrealistic standard. I just personally never come across that type of, per- well, maybe yeah. like once. And it was like, it wasn't even a believer. And I was just like, Oh, good luck with that, you know, and sure. just not teachable. And so I didn't say anything. Yeah. Have you ever come across somebody where you're like, dude, those are so unrealistic and you're like, there's no, no way. I don't think so. Yeah. To your point, it's not, mm-hmm. it's not the people who openly discuss and are open to feedback on their standards who are typically yeah. the ones with too high of standards. So it's right. good. In my take, in my perspective, the trend is men getting with younger women like if there's any sort of age gap that exists it's that one predominantly is that how you see it as well yeah as a like trend. that's the that's the usual one like that's yeah, the most like common age gap yeah is the man is older and the woman is younger so with that being the case you wind up with women getting snatched up younger mm-hmm. typically right So from that, when, as men, we see a woman who is older and not snatched up, Mm. we tend to associate that with, wait a minute, why? What's wrong? Right. Okay. That's not like a healthy thing to think necessarily, but statistically, it raises a question mark 
sometimes. So, and what I would tell guys is like, well, there's a lot of reasons that could be, mm-hmm. but what I want to ask you is what is something to look for as men when we see a woman that's like older and, you know, not taken yet and still single, like what is, what is a reason that we can look at and say, oh, that is something to watch out for. Like, how can we identify that, oh, like, she's single for a reason or, Mm. oh, she's single, like, I'm going to go ask her out. You know, like, how do we differentiate? That's such a good question. Well, I'm about to be 32, still single. Um, And so I feel like I'd be very qualified to ask this question or answer this question. But it's not the best answer. It's not the easiest answer because it's not like a quick one. But you don't know until you get to know her. Sure. That's kind of just like, you just don't know. Um, And it's kind of one of those things where if you need to know all the things beforehand, you're just going to, it's like, was it decision paralysis or uh, paralysis? Analysis paralysis. Where it's like, dude, she could be such a good person for you. You don't know that. Now there's always just like with anybody, you know, if you know somebody who knows them, um, maybe like, like, what's their deal? Like, are they cool? Are they fun? Whatever. Are they nice? Are they Christian? But I would say you got to just get to know her yourself because people people are changing all the time, you know, and you don't know their story. And I would say if, if somebody's like, oh, stay away from that girl, like she's, you know, has this history, this past, whatever, um, and you really trust that person. I mean, hopefully nobody would really be saying that about people, but then I would say, then stay away from her. Otherwise, go for it. You don't know. And also just really pay attention to how you feel around her, you know, because I think maybe the fear is like, maybe she's had, I mean, I don't know what the fear would be. I'm guessing potentially like, oh, if she's older now, she's going to have a ton of sexual partners or she's super hyper independent. I think that's a lot of times a fear. But at least girls in the church, the girls that I talk to who are older and single, they so desperately want to be mothers. And they're like, I will submit to a man. Please wife me up. I will submit to you. Like, I'll do whatever you say. I mean, not really that desperate. But, you know, like, yeah. there's there, there are these wonderful women, genuinely wonderful, beautiful women. And they just it just hasn't happened for them. And um, and, you know, they maybe have we're going through things when they're younger. I feel like it's just, it just is sometimes. Um, now, if she's like super avoidant or if she's like, you know, giving off these like, don't talk to me vibes, then there's your answer. But yeah, I just, I, I mean, like I said, I don't really care about age gaps. I would just say, get to know her if you're, if you're attracted to her. That's what I would say. What do you say? That's a good, that's a good framework to look at it through for sure. Of the just like, hey, you can't know until you know. My take on it for an initial filter is, is she, you know, 30 plus and single, but she has had a serious relationship or she has not. If she is 30 single and never been in a serious relationship, I would tend to be concerned. But if she has had a serious relationship at approximately 30 or by approximately 30, it's like she is capable of getting into something serious. You know, Mm -hmm. so it's almost like upside down in the sense where I think, yeah, to your point, a lot of guys would be like, oh, the older she is, the more people she's been with. But I would say, like, if she's older, then I need her to have, like, not sexually been with, but have been in relationship with someone seriously. Because if not, it's like, 
I mean, yeah, unless you live in the middle of Montana and it's like you never drive outside of the farm, then I can like forgive that. But if you're like in San Diego, for instance, it's like, okay, but what's been missing? Has it been the market or is it something with you? Mm-hmm. You know, that'd be my take. Can I give a little bit of pushback on that? Please. So I actually have a lot of women that I that I work with who've never been in a relationship, never been kissed because they've been waiting. And if you think about it, there has been a lack of, I mean, you just look at the numbers in churches, you know, like there are way more women than men. And in the church. In the yeah. church. Yeah, yeah, in the church. And so, you know, I can look at my past relationships and one of them I probably shouldn't have even gotten into because I knew he wasn't at the standard that I needed or that mm-hmm. I should have. So, mm-hmm. okay, so now we're down to one relationship that lasted like four months, three months. And, you know, but if I had never gotten to that one, then I'd be in the category of 30, 30, almost 32, never had a relationship, you know, because, and I like, I've only kissed a handful of guys. Like I've just really been selective, but yeah. I know how to do relationship. Well, I have deep girlfriends I have deep relationships with, you know, I want to get married. It's a desire in my heart. So I would, I would even be careful with that because it's like, these women, what kind of relationships were they in? You know, were they with a non-believer? A lot of women have had a serious, like if, yeah. if you ask Christians, ask them like, how many serious relationships have you had with a solid believing man? Cause they probably would have married them if it was the guy that they're supposed to sure. be with. Sure. And so it's like, I don't know how good of a gauge that is because it could have just been relationships that somebody who was more mature said, I'm not even going to go there. I'm going to wait for God's best. And so I would say, look around at their, their girlfriends. Like, do they have close relationships at all? These girls, like they're phenomenal women who are like serving at church, have been missionaries in their young twenties. So that's why they never met anybody, you know? So I would just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that it's always a red flag if they haven't been in a relationship because they probably would be married by now if they had. Right. That's fair. So you're saying, yeah, like if she is that age and still single, it's because, and she's never been in a relationship. It's because if she did get in a relationship, she wouldn't be single. <laughs> it'd be like, yeah, it'd be a done deal. Interesting. Or it was with a bad guy that she, what she shouldn't have been in, that she, she compromised, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it almost feels like it's, and I know like a lot of girls who, I mean, I, so, sometimes I'm like, well, thank God I went in these relationships that I maybe shouldn't have because now at least people wouldn't think that I'm, you know, undateable because I'm post 30 and haven't been in a relationship. But a lot of these girls, mm-hmm. like they grew up in the church, they love the Lord, they are mm-hmm. serving in the ministries, and they're just so ready to be a wife and a mom. And they actually don't have those wounds. Maybe they'll be a little awkward at first just because they don't know what to do because it's all new to them. But yeah, I would think for a guy like that would be the best case scenario because they're going to be your first. <laughs> and so, um, sure. You know, yeah. they're, they're not comparing you to anything. Interesting. Yeah. So, so that implication there, if I'm hearing you right, is that like, no, actually they're going to be in that position in that circumstance because good men are really just that hard to find. <laughs> I hate to say, especially in church circles. I mean, I always tell people keep the hope alive. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. That is what you're saying. What's funny is my last question was going to be just like a fun one for like views and for drama, okay. but it was going to be, which is harder to find good women or good men. It sounds like you're saying it's good men. <laughs> you are. <laughs> I didn't say that. 
Okay. No, you're, but you're kind of saying it though. I am kind of like, but here's the thing. We go back to it. Men don't evoke that, that attraction in, in women. There's all these good dudes. That's actually, let me take that back. There are good men. Women just aren't attracted to them. They're great men, but they don't know how to arouse that sexual tension or that sexual yeah. desire in a woman. And they're like, I yeah. just can't get like, it repulses me. I've had so many conversations with girlfriends. They're like, so-and-so skin is so dry and flaky and they like, don't take care of themselves. <laughs> like, that's just one thing. Or yeah. they're like, he just like, he's, he's so socially tone deaf. Like he just yeah. like great godly men. Amazing though. They're serving, you know, but they're just not attractive. And so that's where it's like, well, yeah, like, because women also, they don't need guys to be like 10 out of 10 on looks. Right. We all know this. They need we to feel it. something yeah. with this man. They need to have their emotions spiked. But if these men have no game, no sexual prowess at all, like, again, that's like such a taboo thing to say in the Christian world. But there's a reason that these men who are the quote Christian players, the girls like them. So it's like yeah. we've been growing up in a generation where men are like, oh, girls, they don't like me. It's not fair. And the girls are like, I want to like you. I've been praying to like you, but I just like I can't <laughs> give my body to you. <laughs> I just can't do it. This is too painful. Like oh, I have an anxiety attack. if I even think about trying to kiss you. And it's just like so that's what I think is the issue. Um, so it's like the girls are there, they're waiting, they're ready. But then I hear from the guys who are like these guys who they can't have their pick. They're like, I can't find a girl. And so I'm like, yeah, like girls, let's, let's learn how to flirt and stuff. But guys, like if they would just like up their game a little bit and could just like have a little bit of like, I'm getting the vibe. I don't, I don't know what word you're looking for either, but I understand. <laughs> I know what you mean. Here's what's funny is like everything you're saying is making more sense to me than I thought it would because hmm. I am of the opinion, like truly, that good men are harder to find than good women. Hmm. I like I've agreed with you on that before I knew that's what you thought too. But unfortunately, I think that's true. And it's because of this is like a whole nother topic we don't have time for, but basically the the effeminization of the church. Yeah. It turns away a lot of masculine men, unfortunately. Yes. <sighs> Sucks. Anyways. That's why you're here doing God's work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Thank you for listening. If this episode was valuable to you, I will probably never know that unless you do me the favor of leaving a five-star review and hitting the follow button for this podcast. Doing that is going to let me know to keep producing this kind of content, and it's going to help other people just like you discover it as well. I appreciate your support and look forward to seeing you next time on The Path.